This is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Albert Lalonde provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Own Your Retirement with Albert Lalonde. Hello, and welcome back to Own Your Retirement. My name is Albert Lalonde from Kaizen Financial Group. If you'd like more information about what you hear during our show today, give us a call at 586-752-7008 or visit us online at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. And while at my website, click on the radio page to check out past shows and subscribe to our program on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, we spend so much of our life working toward retirement and the goals that we would like to accomplish once we retired. An interesting wrinkle is that there are trends in how people choose to spend their retirement. For instance, more retirees than ever before are choosing to retire abroad. In fact, according to the Social Security Administration, the number of Americans receiving Social Security while living outside the country jumped 40% to 413,000 between 2007 and 2017. And although it's difficult to get an exact headcount, anecdotal evidence suggests that millions of working age Americans have also embraced early retirement in other parts of the world, thanks mainly to a lower cost of living. In 2016, in fact, the U.S. State Department estimated that as many as 9 million non-military Americans were living outside the country. Canada, Japan, Mexico, Germany, and United Kingdom are currently some of the most popular destinations for Americans looking to live abroad. Wow. Now, in today's program, we're going to discuss some of the steps you may want to take if you're intrigued by the possibility of living outside the United States during retirement, whether on a part-time or full-time basis. But before we dive any further into today's topic, let's me introduce my co-host, Tony Shore, whose passport I'm going to confiscate so he doesn't leave the show. <laughs> oh, you can't get rid of me that easy. I'm not leaving the show. I'm not going anywhere. We could, I could do the show from anywhere, though. That's that's the beauty if I want to. That is right, yes. Uh, you know, my wife and I at one point, when we were younger, we're like, let's live a couple of years in England. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm half English and I, right. I, I love it over there. I visited anyway. And, uh, you know, we looked into it. It's not that easy uh, to move to or live in another country, but in retirement, at least if you want to work in another country. Uh, but I don't know. I, you know, uh, I'm, so I'm interested in the show because I hear about you read these lists uh, that these magazines have, you know, top places to retire to uh, right. that are, you know, cost effective and cheaper, you know. Cheap places to retire, you know, other countries and, you know, Costa Rica or places like that. Right. So, so I'm interested in this one, but I've been great. I've had a good week. How about you, Albert? What have you been up to? Oh, doing well. Uh, just trying to uh, get through our rainy weather uh, season. Uh, sure. Well, we had a lot of rain over the weekend, some tornadoes and whatnot. So uh, other than that, 
Hey, summer's cruising along, doing well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, and I'm struck by the number of people, at least in my life, who are close to retirement age and tell me that they are considering retiring outside of the United States. And I should note that, uh, you know, none of them are interested in retirement abroad due to any unhappiness with our country. They're just looking for adventure or a change of pace, at least for a few years, maybe warm weather or maybe a way to stretch their, their retirement budgets further, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, man, during the last handful of years, I've definitely seen an uptick in the number of my clients who uh, bring up the possibility of retiring abroad. In fact, I had one that just uh, retired about probably four months ago, and for the first two years, they're going to do exactly that. So it's pretty amazing. Um, the expect lifestyle is a very real possibility for many retirees, in fact, uh, though it will require, as you said, some pre-move uh, homework planning and obviously a lot of paperwork. Uh, in fact, a new retirement article uh, called How to Retire Abroad, 12 Tips for Retirement Overseas, actually has some terrific insights and advice. Uh, it first suggests setting clear goals about what you want to get out of retiring abroad. Uh, to that end, you should answer some pivotal questions about what's most important to you. Um, these questions include, do I want to live a more comfortable life on a reasonable budget? Uh, do I want to get out and explore the world? Do I simply want to try a different lifestyle or is retirement as early as possible my main goal? See, your answers to these questions will, will, will help you shrink the globe a bit and really focus on destinations that actually fit into your vision. So once those important questions are answered, what then goes into choosing a destination? Well, while it's easy to, let's say, get caught up in visions of great weather, beaches, and let's say sidewalk cafes when it comes to choosing <laughs> your home abroad, uh, you'll want to also do some research into more maybe tangible things as well. For example, uh, what will the cost of day-to-day -day living in your potential new country be? And how much will the initial expenses of moving there actually run you? Uh, from there, you should also weigh factors like your comfort level with the culture and language and also the ease of with which your family and friends will be able to visit you. Uh, if you want to work part-time, whether let's say in an office or a coffee shop, make sure your potential a new country allows you to work. Also, remember that as you age, healthcare may become more important. So make sure the countries you're considering uh, have the healthcare facilities and options you need and have grown accustomed to. And then lastly, don't undervalue the importance of infrastructure like airports, good roads, ports, and even high-speed internet, Tony. Yeah, high-speed internet, that's one thing that I would have to have no matter where I live. Uh, that's funny you mentioned that. Uh, and, of course, when moving outside the U.S., you want to understand visa and residency requirements. I mean, there is a lot that goes into it. Oh, that's exactly right, Tony. I mean, every country has its own uh, unique visa, residency, and immigration requirements. Uh, so if you understand England's requirements, don't assume Panama has the same list of rules. Um, in fact, many countries provide temporary residency permits as long as you have sufficient income back home. Now, the income requirements varies by country. Uh, as for permanent residency, it's often only allowed after you've uh, legally resided in your new country for a certain number of years, which again varies by country. 
Uh, when it comes time to request permanent residency, it may be a smart move to work with a local attorney. You know, you can always visit the uh, U.S. Department of State's website actually for more information. Yeah, yeah, and there you go. I think that's really uh, that's good advice too. These are some good tips, and I think uh, a lot of people might be considering that. Uh, I've enjoyed this discussion so far, but why don't we let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you, Albert? Sure. They can always get a hold of us by giving us a call at the office at 586-752-7008, or they can visit my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. All right. Yeah, sounds great. And today on Own Your Retirement, uh, we're talking about some of these steps that you may want to take if you're considering hopping on an increasing trend and retiring outside of the U.S. And this has been a helpful conversation so far, Albert. What's the next piece of advice you have for us? Well, in that same article from New Retirement, How to Retire Abroad, 12 tips for retirement overseas. Um, they also emphasize the wisdom of spending plenty of time visiting your potential uh, new home country before actually putting down permanent roots. Uh, you wouldn't buy a car without test driving at first, right? So why would you move to a tropical island without kicking its tires a bit, you know, take a couple of months to soak in the culture and the pace of life. Uh, keep an open mind, but also be honest with yourself about what matters to you and what doesn't. If after your trial run, you love the location, go for it. And if you don't, well, at least you had yourself an adventure you can tell your family and friends about, Tony. Ha. Yeah, and that's that's a great one. Uh, take a trial run at it, you know, test the waters, so to speak. I, I love it. And uh, this has been a good one. Now, um, that makes a lot of sense. And if you're early in your retirement or haven't quite retired yet, why not take some trips to different places that interest you? I I like that uh, idea. You know, moving out of the country in retirement isn't the kind of decision that should be made in haste or made lightly, right? Oh, definitely. You know, and and another factor is uh, when discussing, like, let's say, the potential for retirement abroad with my clients, typically one of their biggest concerns is, what do we do with their current home? Mm, You see, um, if your plan is to live abroad permanently, selling your home could not only maybe relieve you of a significant burden, but it could also hand you a nice chunk of cash maybe to help you get settled into your new country and home. Now, on the flip side, if your plan is to live abroad for only part of the year, Keeping your home may be uh, the best strategy. After all, it's always nice to have a home to come back to and after you've been gone for a while. And if your home is paid off, renting it out while you're gone may actually go a long way in supplying you with much of the cash you'll need to enjoy your time abroad. Yeah, good point. And at the top of the show, you had mentioned health care. I bet that plays into this. I mean... When you're talking to clients, I would imagine ensuring adequate health care is a concern for many people, especially if they're thinking about retiring out of the country. You're definitely right there, Tony. And along uh, with housing, health care is one of the first things clients who are considering life abroad ask me about. Uh, one important thing to note when considering retirement abroad is that Medicare doesn't cover health care outside of the United States. So for a lot of folks, that may be a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, but on a related note, though, it's not uncommon for out-of-pocket health care expenses in other countries to be significantly less than in the United States, which is why many people are still comfortable living abroad. 
Now, health insurance is also generally available in most of the countries that many Americans typically consider for retirement. Finally, a robust international insurance policy will likely cover private medical and dental treatment or even medical evaluations back to the United States. Now, while the cost of insurance can vary, in some countries, your expenses may still be lower than what you pay out of your own pocket for Medicare. Yeah, interesting. Wow, okay. So if an American retiree heads abroad permanently, what do they do about Medicare then? Oh, that's a great question. Even though you aren't able to use Medicare while living outside the country, it may be important to maintain it. If you change your mind at some point and return home, or if you return home because of illness, uh, you'll want to have Medicare uh, there to help you address some of these costs. Now, a solid strategy for long-term care is also something you should square away if you tend to live abroad as well. While it's only natural to hope, uh, you know, to live a long, healthy life, the cold reality is that many people end up needing some kind of long-term care. Long-term care facilities are far less common outside of North America, particularly in Latin America and Asia, where the custom is that older family members are cared for at home by younger family members. In fact, in many countries, you'll be able to find relatively low-cost assistance, but you'll still want to create a plan right now that addresses what could happen to your health several years down the road. Well, sure. So what are some things Americans considering retirement abroad need to be aware of when it comes to things like banking and taxes? Oh, with banking, setting up deposits and bill pay can be tricky, especially when you factor in the exchange rate. Now, doing business with an international bank with locations in both the U.S. and your new country may be the simplest way to handle your banking needs. And then when it comes to taxes, the most important thing to know is that moving to another country doesn't exempt you from U.S. taxes. Uh, in fact, when living abroad, you still must file a yearly tax return and report any income you've earned in your new country. Now, with regard to that income, it's possible you'll have to pay taxes on it in your new country as well as in the United States. Yikes, I didn't know yeah. that. And truth be told, I've only addressed a couple of the high-level tax issues that may confront Americans looking to retire abroad. You actually may want to consult a tax professional for maybe more of an in-depth look. Yeah. Well, if ever there was a reason to maintain your relationship with your American financial services professional like yourself, after you've moved abroad, taxes may be one of the big factors. Uh, you need to work with a financial services professional on all of this. And I think this has been a great show so far. But once again, if our listeners are thinking about this, how can they get a hold of you to set up that complimentary consultation uh, to talk about it? Oh, for sure. If you'd like more information, uh, you can give us, again, a call at 586-752-7008. And as always, visit our website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com. All right. So during the show today, you've been highlighting some retirement trends. And uh, up until now, it's been an increasingly popular trend to retire abroad. I mean, it's getting more common. Uh, what do you have for us in our final segment here? Um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation here today about retiring abroad, but I thought we should spend some time addressing another housing trend that swept all age groups, including retirees, tiny house living. Yeah, this now, is. I'm fascinated by this. I, right? I actually had a friend that is doing this now. 
It's, it's just amazing and simplicity. But this topic caught my eye after coming across an AARP article, Tiny Retirement, Is It For You? Now, the first thing that jumped out at me in the article is that those 50 and older make up roughly 40% of the tiny house market. So that tells me that plenty of retirees are taking the tiny house movement seriously. Well, and it's it, this is a trend. This is an interesting one. And I'm, I assume our listeners have heard about this or seen it. Uh, but if they haven't, it's it's been getting a lot of attention the last few years. There are even a couple of TV shows dedicated to tiny houses. Um, what should uh, older folks pondering a move to a tiny house be aware of? Well, you know, the first important question is whether or not you have a place to put your tiny home. Yeah, you have to have a place to put it. Some land, right? Right. Because the tiny house trend is still fairly recent. Many local zoning ordinance and building codes don't even address them. Uh, If your tiny home is on wheels, it's likely to be categorized as an RV and thus considered a temporary residence. Uh, If you choose to build your tiny house on a permanent foundation, you'll want to make sure it meets local minimum square footage requirements. Now, thankfully, many communities are starting to embrace the tiny house movement, which means building requirements should hopefully become more flexible. Mm. I never thought about that aspect of it, and I didn't realize that couldn't just buy land somewhere and put it up or in a town because they have minimum uh, square footage requirements. I didn't, I never thought of that. Uh, One of the biggest appeals of tiny houses is a lower sticker price, I would assume, than a standard size home. But what are some of the hidden costs that might come with tiny houses? Well, you know, while the cost of building your own tiny uh, home can be as little as, let's say, $25,000, having a builder handle it for you may double your budget. You should also bear in mind that it may be harder to get financing for a tiny home and interest rates are generally higher than they are for a traditional home. However, the article does note that more financing options for tiny houses are emerging. Now, another thing to consider is that if you intend to build your tiny home on a permanent foundation, uh, you'll, you'll need to purchase land. If you intend to build a mobile tiny home, You'll need to purchase a vehicle powerful enough to haul it. And then when you're on the road, you'll need to pay fees at RV parks. Oh, sure, sure. That makes sense. Uh, and I'm guessing for retired couples, going from a traditional sized house to a tiny home could be a culture shock for some, right? Oh, gosh, that's an understatement, Tony. Um, in fact, no matter how much you love your spouse or partner, you have to be aware that you're going to be in very close quarters and that there are going to be far fewer opportunities for solitude than there were uh, in your previous life. Uh, because of that, though, some tiny house experts recommend renting a small apartment for a few months before you make any permanent tiny house decisions. Yeah. And in addition to getting used to living with somebody inside just a few hundred square feet, you're going to have to get rid of a lot of stuff. And see, that's when I first saw this tiny house movement, and it does fascinate me. And some of them are really cool. I mean, the design Mm -hmm. and the way they're made and just the the idea of it appeals to me in in a way. And my wife and I have watched these shows. uh, But where the stop comes for me is, I'm a, I collect records, so I'm a, uh-huh. I'm a music collector. I've got a turntable and a lot of vinyl. 
And when you have hundreds of records, um, mm-hmm. that's a hobby I'm not going to want to give up. In fact, it's one that, you know, we'll probably I'll focus on more in retirement. So right. uh, that, that excludes a tiny home from me because uh, it wouldn't even <laughs> right. uh, my entire record collection wouldn't fit inside a tiny right. home. <laughs> so that kind of well, uh, getting rid of a downsizing feels good to a certain extent. But if you're right. really, you know, if you have a collection of anything, forget a tiny home, right? Oh, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that uh, come with uh, tiny house living, actually. Uh, I mean, in fact, for many Americans, stuff is just part of life, you know, books, clothes, spots and pans, collectibles, like you said, you know, you, you name it. And whether you like or not, a lot of that stuff simply can't move into your tiny home, as you said, right. uh, with you. So the question becomes, can you live without most of that stuff? And are you really emotionally ready to give it all up? I know you're not, Tony. Nope. Um, and, and, and don't forget about, you know, other hobbies. And if you're a scrapbooker as well, a golfer even, or even a kayaker, I mean, all that stuff has to be stored someplace. And if you live in a tiny house, your options are going to be very, very limited. Yeah. Well, and just think of it. If you wanted to, let's say, host your grandkids for the weekend or have friends over for dinner, that's going to be hard in a tiny house. Oh, yeah. I mean, both those things are possible uh, in a tiny house, but they do require some planning. And when it comes to your grandkids coming for the weekend, you want to make sure you have a comfy, uh, let's say, pullout couch. And when it comes to that dinner party, many tiny houses have porches or even hidden tables and seating that could make uh, hosting maybe a little easier. Yeah, that's true. And you know, while well, watching some of these TV shows, there's a series about tiny houses. Uh, I think it's on the Home and Garden Network. I've noticed ladders or steep stairs that lead to the sleeping area. And that's another thing that concerns me because I think as we get older, uh, a lot of people want to eliminate stairs and ladders, right? Right. Oh, that's definitely right. In fact, many tiny uh, houses utilize lofts, ladders, narrow stairways, and cubbies that need to be, let's say, pulled or sli- slid open. Um, obviously, those things can be a challenge for older folks. But you should also note that if you're having a tiny house built, you can address those things during the planning process. That's true. Uh, you know, and when it comes down to it, I think tiny house living could be a wonderful solution, both financially and in terms of lifestyle for many retirees, but certainly not for all. Uh, to maintain your preferred lifestyle, it's good to consider all the pros and cons and then find a tiny home that will suit your needs for maybe years to come. Yeah, that's true. Well, this has been a great show, but we're out of time, Albert. Is there anything oh. else you want to add before we go? No, just like always, if you would like to learn more information about what we've discussed or you would like to just have a discussion with me, I encourage you to visit my website at www.kaizenfinancialgroup.com or call my office at 586-752-7008 and discuss how my team might be able to answer your questions and address your concerns. All right. That sounds great, Albert. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Own Your Retirement with our host, Albert Lalonde. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Own Your Retirement. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Albert Lalonde at Kaizen Financial Group. Call 586-752-7008 or visit them online at kaizenfinancialgroup.com. 
Advisory services offered through Kaizen Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Michigan. Insurance products and services are offered through Kaizen Financial Group, LLC, an affiliated company. Albert Lalonde and Kaizen Financial Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.